and about nine months to a year after the person dies, they go back to the to the to the to the tomb, dig it out and take the the skull. The skull out. The skull. Yeah, the skull. They take skull. the skull out of the ground. Yeah, of the ground. No, they take the skull out. It's, the, the flesh is all gone. You know, it's just the skull. Take it, clean it up, and they place it in like a corner of the house. Sometimes they do bury the person in the house. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum it's John Fontaine. Just before we begin the podcast, please make sure you click subscribe and also set your notifications. Please support on the Patreon account. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahir Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salam rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi It's John Fontaine and welcome to the Young Smokes podcast. And we're here with Nuruddin. Assalamu alaikum bro. Alaikum assalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. How's it going? Alhamdulillah, it's good, it's good. So um, just before we begin, uh, I just want to encourage everyone to go and subscribe to the channel, the YouTube channel. Also support the Patreon and the YouTube as well. And, uh, you know, we're really grateful for everyone who's supporting and watching and tuning in and suggesting uh, people to interview. So I hope you get some benefit from the show. Inshallah. So, Nuruddin, what's going on? Uh, Alhamdulillah, we're in Turkey. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. It's nice to be in... Uh, in a Muslim country, you know, being around Muslims, hearing the Adhan, praying the Masjid with the Muslims like that, you know, Alhamdulillah. Is a you know, I wanted to uh, speak to you because you're in a quite a unique situation. Okay. You're like my children. The reason I say that, not, not meaning you're young, I see, I see. you're the same age, but because my children are children of a convert mm -hmm. and you're a child. Oh, not a child now, but you're a big man now. No, but you know, you, your your father converted to Islam. No. Your mother as well? No, no, my mother was born Muslim. Your mother was born Muslim, yeah. but your father converted to Islam. Yeah, he came Muslim. And uh, I wanted to actually ask you about how it was actually growing up with uh, someone who was, you know, not born into a Muslim family. Because a lot of the time, I've not really had many people, mm -hmm. opportunities to kind of interview people like yourself. To be honest with you, man... Um, the the conversion or you know the, the the my father becoming a Muslim is a story that I got to know later on in my life. So I didn't I've never imagined that my father was not a Muslim. Serious? Yeah. I got to know that afterwards. I was always surprised. Why did he have a Christian brother? Oh okay. I I I just didn't clock it. But then when I was told the story and I was explaining what happened, and I was like, okay, I see why we have an uncle and <laughs> My it. uncle is a Christian and he looks yeah. exactly like him. So you can't even say this not his brother. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I knew that was my father's brother, half-brother, but I just didn't know why is he Christian. So there mm. had to be like a link, you know. And I started questioning it, you know, asking why. How old did you when you asked, when you thought about this? I was about 15. Yeah, I would Serious? say 15, 14, yeah. So Around then. just to go back a bit, you're from Cameroon. Yeah, originally Cameroon. from Cameroon. Would you class Cameroon in West Africa or Central Africa? I would say Central Africa. Central Africa. I would say Central Africa, yes. It's just kind of like Nigeria is the end point, yeah, right, for exactly. West so, Africa. So. Yeah, so, so Cameroon is a Central African country. And uh, on, the, on the west, you have Nigeria. On the south, you have Gabon. You have Guinea Equatorial. Equatorial Guinea, that's what they say. Mm. And you have Congo, mm. the big Congo. On the, on the east, you have the Central African Republic. On the north, you have Chad. 
Okay. Is it Chad? It reaches Chad as well? Yeah. Really? It's next to Chad, yeah. Chad is just on the north. Okay. After Chad, you have like Sudan. Oh, but that's right, right up though. Yeah, that's yeah. that's on the north of the country. SubhanAllah. You know? So, you alhamdulillah. Know, you know, the, the, the unique thing about um, Cameroon is because, you know, you've got like crossover tribes mm -hmm. from, you know, because the house are kind of uh, crossover into mm -hmm, Cameroon, mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. not into Cameroon, it was, you know, yeah. in that area. Yeah. And you got tribes from the Central exactly. uh, African uh, Republic and, and mm -hmm, DRC mm -hmm. and that also crossing in. So yeah. it's a big melting it's pot. It's a right? very big melting pot. And you got what? the French and the British both no on there. Question. So you got kind of no like question. You know, when we when when we were at school, um, they used to tell us Cameroon is uh, is Africa in miniature. It's like a small, tiny Africa. Yeah. Because in terms of climate, you you find you know all that dry parts, parts where there's a lot of vegetation. In terms of population, you have every people, yeah. you know, you have uh, Arabish people, you know, on the north, you have Fulanis, you have houses, you have Bantu, you have people from the south as well. Um, you have, yeah, I mean, there's loads of, loads of, uh, of nationalities that live there, make business, make money. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's nice to interact with yeah, different, different people. You know, um, you know, I travel a lot Africa, yeah. but... You never been to Cameroon. You never been to Cameroon. And I've got a lot of Cameroonian friends from before Islam, mm -hmm. but they were Christian. Mm -hmm. They were not Muslim. I never, I never really thought about Cameroon as like a, a Muslim country. Yeah. But you have like I think quarter of the population right is Muslim. The population of the whole country twenty six million, and mm -hmm. out of uh, that is 30 percent Muslims. So, so that's about that's, that's about lot, yeah. six million Muslims. Yeah. yeah. It's That's a lot. So, uh, but the thing, the thing when you have like a percentage so big, mm -hmm. even though it's a minority, it still feels like a Muslim. Yeah, you place. feel like you're in a Muslim country. To be honest, and you got Adhan, uh, you can mas hear the Adhan, masajid, and, masajid and the Muslims are just you know free. You know, alhamdulillah. Is, so, how is the situation with like, you know, some countries? There's a lot of uh, conflict mm -hmm. with the Christians and Muslims. You know, I, did, I didn't feel that growing up. Me so, personally, all my friends mm. in high school were all Christians. All of them. Yeah. All of them. I went to a, a, a Protestant school, okay, mm -hmm. like a, like a you know a church school. Yeah. And uh, imagine the son of a Muslim, of Muslim living in a Muslim area. Many of the guys that were in my area would, would go to that high school. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really like a conflict kind of thing where you're very far away from Christians. You guys don't like each other. You don't interact. It wasn't like that. Yeah, yeah. Our neighbors were non-Muslim Christians. You know. So. But there's a lot of intermarriage between Muslims and Christians, like like. Like in uh, some tribes, very few. Yoruba. Yeah, it's not like the Yoruba. It's not like the Yoruba in Sierra Leone or these places. No. They mix a lot, don't they? They do. They, they, they mix a lot and it's, the, the boundaries, is, is, it's not boundaries sometimes. Mm. But in Cameroon, there's, there, it's not very common. It's not very common. It's very few. Mm. To the, you, you might find a Muslim guy with a non-Muslim girl, but the opposite is, is nowhere yeah. to be found. Yeah, it's very rare. Alhamdulillah, this know? is this is good. I think. Yeah, is is you know, is um, an, an uh, it's one of the problems advantage. I've seen when when you have too much intermarriage between Muslim and Christian. No, especially when it's a Muslim woman marrying a Muslim man. Yeah, Muslim man, yeah. yeah. Um, it causes big confusion. No question. You know, um, but Alhamdulillah. So, I was interested to find out. You were telling me that on the the west, west side, yeah. you've got like English-speaking, mm -hmm. uh, Yoruba, and you've even got Hausa in, in Cameroon. Yeah, 
Um, so basically, uh, so the, the way the country is set up on the north, you have um, a good Muslim population. That's where most of the Muslims are, the Fulanis, or mm. we call them Fufulde. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they, they're on the north, the three north you know, provinces uh, or regions. And uh, on the west part, you have more of the, like, it's, it's called the grass fields. Okay, you have people, a, a group of people known as Bamileke, and that's, mm. that's, that's, that's where I'm from originally. Mm. And you have uh, the Bamenda on the on in on the coast. You have the Duala people. Okay, mm. so these are the people of the you know water, the coast, and things mm. like that. You have Yaounde as well. They call them the the, the tribe is called Beti. Mm. Okay, so they're more in the central of the country or the south of the country. Okay, mm. so this is how the country is set up. So the the Muslims are more on the north. Now in the in in the cities you find Muslims, but they're not from the city. They, they're not from, from the tribe of the city, basically. Okay, okay. They're people that migrated, that came yeah, there. Yeah. So in the city, you have a lot of house people. To, to the extent, it's very difficult to go to any city without finding a house uh, quota. Mm. Every single city always has like a house quota. Wow. So, and that's where most of the Muslims are, to be honest. Mm. So... Obviously, the house has got a big history of yeah. being Muslim. Being mm -hmm. Muslim, so you know another thing. Um, do you know much about how Islam entered Cameroon? Like, what? Where did it? Which side did it come from? Where did it? Come how from? Islam entered? The way the country is set up, you can you can conclude that it came from Chad, from Sudan, to Chad to the north of the country. Okay, now going down, like I said, those three provinces are Muslims. And of course, you find you find Christians there as well, but most of the people there are, are Muslims, mm. and to, sometimes they even rule by the Sharia there. So they mm. have like Sharia councils. Mm. If you have a problem with your neighbors or your wife, you know, talaq and this, yeah. and this. So there's it's very much structured like mm. a Sharia kind of place, yeah. you know. Although the the political uh, rules or the political um, constitution, you know, the whole government, yeah, it, yeah, it does take over, but that, yeah. you still have that Islamic effect, mm. you know, on things. So people like so do you do you mean it's like a, it's not official from it's a not official level, like that but, but yeah, the, yeah the people know you know what yeah. this is that we Muslim we read the Quran and things like that now on the west part of the country so I would say that's how Islam came hmm. from from that side to those provinces now on the west the western part of the country I would say from Nigeria from from the Hausa okay from the Hausa uh, we have a tribe called the Banso they call them so. This tribe majority, they are they are Muslims. Majority are, are, are Muslims, and I would say the the Islam came from the house of people. You know, yeah. now the tribes how far, that are how far back do you reckon? How, do how you, far do, back? Do you have any idea about that? Not really. I don't really have an idea about that. I don't really have an idea about that. But assuming, or I'm, I'm just you know, hypothetically speaking, that this is where the Islam came um, from. Those two sides of the country. But then you have the tribe that I just mentioned, the Bamileke people, where Islam is almost absent. Mm. Okay. This is uh, not your tribe, is it? This, this is my tribe. tribe. This is my tribe. Because I wanted to speak to you about that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you, you just come back from yeah. Cameroon. Uh, Cameroon and um, alhamdulillah, you know, may Allah reward you because, you know, you're living in the UK. It's not easy to go back sometimes. And, mm -hmm. and it's a, you know, to give dawah, how was it like going back to Cameroon and, and now trying to give dawah to your own tribe, especially, you know, your tribe because they're not Muslim. Yeah. What's interesting, are they Christian? They are Christian they in religion, Christian. but at the same time they do 
ancestral practices. Yeah. We're going to come to that, inshallah. Yeah, yeah. Because this is the thing, like, in the, like most of West Africa, they either identify as Muslim or Christian. Yeah. But then you've got basically uh, sihr, yeah. uh, witchcraft and ancestor uh, religion mm -hmm. all mixed in, mm -hmm. you know. And we find that in many Muslim countries throughout the world, yeah. you know, even some of the Arab countries, you know, you, you, these kind of old traditions from before Islam yeah. could creep in. Yeah. Superstitions and, and um, I've, I've, as you know, I've witnessed a lot of this kind of stuff in, in Africa, some countries more than others. But, you know, from the things I've heard from what you told me about Cameroon, you know, it, it sounds like a different level. So, I mean, what are some of the things you've experienced? Well, just going back about the, the whole going to Cameroon and traveling mm. there, I've, I've made the, uh, a mission, you know, for myself to go there every single year. Um, because I believe, I believe, you know, as Muslims finding, you know, through Islam, the Sunnah, you need to bring it back to your people, you know, mm. and Allah Azza wa is going to ask you about it. What did you do for your own people, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying it as a nationalistic, you know, person. Mm. No, I'm saying, look, you need to give that out to your own people because at the end of the day, no one else is you're responsible it. for yeah, them. Yeah. If you don't do it, who's going to do it? Yeah, yeah. You know, you can't lay down in the UK or in the West, mm. in France or wherever you are in, 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 in the world and leaving your own people when you found the, the, the dean, you know? Um, so I, I, made it, I made it my job to go there every single year, mm. every single year look at how the people are living, what is needed in terms of that or in terms of teaching, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, basically helping out, you know, in the, in the propagation of Islam, the, the correct Islam. Most of the Muslims in Cameroon are Tijanis, Tijani Sufis. Yeah. Not crazy, very bad Sufis, but they're like Tijani, they have like, like a, a Tijani yeah. effect on them. Not like Nigeria. So I go there every single year and I try to meet students of knowledge, people that came from Medina, from Sudan, from Chad, from other parts of the world that went to study. I record their lessons and I post it on our channel, our YouTube channel, and just just to just for the people to have more awareness about what language they are they teaching? Some of the videos you I, I I try to make it in different languages. Yeah. Mainly French and English. Hmm. But right now I was getting into a mode of look People in the villages, mm. in further parts, you know, deeper in the in in, yeah. in 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 villages, they don't know French, they don't know English, they know their local languages. So I try to find out who is knowledgeable that can actually speak the language yeah. and can you know give that hour like that. Mm. So I found a couple of people, and from the people that I found was a, a man, Doctor Muhammad Hassan, and he's from my tribe. Allah. Before before going to Cameroon, I actually uh, researched about him a little bit. I got to know some of the classes that he's giving. So I, I, I went there and then I met him. And when we were talking, I found out he's not, his village is not far from my village, okay, mm. in, that, in that tribe. Because that Bamileke tribe is made up from different villages. Mm -hmm. And the villages have chiefs, you know. So my village is very close to his, mm. very close to his. And um, I was speaking to him and he was telling me how he accepted Islam, how he became Muslim. So this man used to do business. He used to sell um, statues, you know. Do you know those type of statues you find in museums? The African, those old uh, Africans, like you know, yeah, the tribal things. Okay. He used to sell them in France, in the UK, also Belgium and these countries. And he had money. He was, he was living a good life. And then he found Islam 
and the way he found Islam is a totally different story. And it's related to that those ancestral, you know, worship yeah, yeah. practices that they do. So he became a Muslim and the first thing he did was to go and study. Mm. He became Muslim around 35, 40 years old. And he took, he, he went, left his, his wife, because his wife wasn't Muslim back then. He left his wife and his daughter and he went to Sudan. He started learning. One year later, his wife accepted Islam. Mashallah. So he came back, took her and went back to Sudan. So he went there and he went through you know, the system, got, got a, 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 a certificate in Arabic language and he went to, to, the, to, to university. He did his master's and then he did his doctorate. Usul al-fiqh and uh, his wife did have I think she's, she's doing a master's now or she did a master uh, in uh, aqidah or sharia or something like that and his daughter or his first daughter she did uh, she's doing a master so she, she's writing her her, 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 her her thesis right now so speaking speaking to him was subhanallah I'm like you were all the old you're, you're 40 years old and you went there for 10 years man most of his classmates would be like his children's age, mm. you know. So he put the effort in, and now he's back to Cameroon. He's back in Cameroon, and he's trying to give the hour. And we basically have the same ideas, man. Mashallah. And wallah, it was amazing speaking to him. I was like, wow. Mm. He really wants to call people. He really wants to call, to call our tribe to Islam. Sure. That's that's his main goal. That's yeah. his main goal. It's not even about well giving that out to the Muslim as such. Yeah. But it's like, look, I went to find Islam. I went to learn Islam because I know my people. Mm. My people want you to know what you're talking about. If you come and you're shaky and you can't convince them, they, they're not. But yeah. so that's why he went to learn. So speaking to him and he was telling me about um, the, the type of practices they do and what he used to do himself. And that, that goes to the second question you were asking. One of the practices they do is they they do they, they they worship their ancestors so for example after someone dies okay they bury the person and about nine months to a year after the person dies they go back to the to the to the, to the tomb dig it out and take the the skull the skull out the skull yeah the skull the actual take skull. the skull out of the ground yeah of the ground but when it's there's no meat, right? Yeah, it's not meat. It's not. It's, it's nothing to do. No, it's just, they take the skull out. It's, the the flesh is all gone. You know, it's just the skull. Take it, clean it up, and they place it in like a corner of the house. Sometimes they do bury the person in the house. Mm. Sometimes they bury the person in the house. If they don't bury the person in the house, they bury the person in front of the house. So depending on what level of you know you were in the society. So they bury you in the house, sometimes outside the house, sometimes in the cemetery, but then dig you out. When they dig you out, they put you like in a room where the other ancestors are. So sometimes they have rooms where they have skulls of grandfathers, great-grandfathers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, and so on and so forth. They put it there. And they feed it things like salt or jojoba or palm oil, wet palm oil. And to keep that kind of connection between them mm. and the and the ancestors. Obviously, and this, they, they, they're basically dealing with jinn, right? They, they, to be honest, not doing it, sihr and it's not, or is it, it just literally? No, nah, it, it has nothing to do with sihr. 
But what I'm saying is, if they're if they're feeding the skull, mm -hmm. you know, is, like, is, is for, it, for is them for, for taking this food or what you know? No, when when I say feeding, they 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 would do like a they would take like bread palm oil, put some salt inside, like and jojoba, for example, it. mix it up, and just you know just paint the the skull with that oil. So that's what that's what I mean by feeding. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. not like they cook yeah, food yeah, and then yeah, they put it there yeah. and then it disappears. Some, some sometimes people they leave food and they leave drink and things like that for gym. Some do that. Like, some yeah, do that. Yeah. You have to you have to keep in mind that the the, the tribe is called Bamilke, but yeah. then they have different villages. Yeah, yeah. So some practices They're might different differ things, from yeah. from from a few few different things. What what so I what mentioned right believe? now is they believe this protects them or what is it? They usually do it to do istighatha mm. or istiana. You know, just asking for the ancestor to protect them. If there's like an illness that caught one of the children or one of the grandchildren, they will believe like, okay, maybe the grandfather is, is angry at us, you know, and they go and dig it up, clean it up, and then they ask, okay, can you, this, can you, can, can you intercede with God? They believe there's a superior being, but they just do, you know, what Quraysh used to do. We only worship them for you know, so they can bring us closer to Allah. Yeah, yeah. So we ask them and they ask Allah, they're closer to Allah. Mm. So it has nothing to do with sihr. It's, it's not about yeah, sihr. Yeah, yeah. It's about, for them in their head, is respecting mm. the ancestors, making sure the ancestors are happy with them, mm. making sure the ancestors uh, feel like they were not forgotten. Mm. You know? Uh, yeah, that's, 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 the, it's not, it's not, it's not some sihr. Yeah, thing. very different. You know, this is something that, uh, um, I've not actually found this before in, in mm -hmm. Africa, personally. Yeah. Not on its own, mm -hmm. with, without sihr. You know? No, it's not, it's not sihr. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, usually it's, it's all intermingled. And, yeah. You know, and so it's, it's quite an interesting thing. And, but you're saying the other tribes don't do that. It's just this, what, this tribe. This specific tribe, that's what they mm. do. This specific tribe, many of them do it. The other tribe where the Fulani is the Fuful, they, they're Muslim, so they wouldn't really go into that kind of things. Yeah, the but Bansu, I mean, they wouldn't really go. I mean, there's a lot of Muslims do yeah, also. No, if, they, if they were to do that, that would be totally sihar. But these people yeah. are doing it for respecting their yeah. ancestors. And by the I'm not, I'm yeah. not condoning it, but so I'm just telling you. So your dad's from that tribe? My dad is from that tribe. Okay, so back to the beginning yeah. of this thing. Like, how did he accept Islam? And, you know, like, because... You know, you're saying you didn't even know he was a convert yeah. until he was 15 Later years in my old. life, yeah. How did he find it? The way he found Islam was, my father is a businessman. He does business. Mm. So when he was uh, a teenager or maybe in his 20s, he went to the capital city, Douala. And that's where he met a few friends. Free mm. Friends he would like buy and sell from, you know, they, they, his yeah, yeah. co-workers basically, his, his, his buddies. And some of them were Muslims. They were Muslim from the Bamun tribe. Now, the Bamun tribe is another big tribe which 95% uh, of them are Muslims. 95% mm. of them are Muslims. Only maybe 5 or 10% are like are Christians. Now, this is the tribe where sometimes you find inter-religious inter marriages. So yeah, yeah. You find a Muslim that got married to a yeah, Christian yeah, yeah. girl or a Christian girl that got married to a Muslim and things like that. So that's the tribe you, you, you can find these type of things in. But so he found these, he found these, these friends and they were Muslims. And, uh, you know, the usual thing, you start talking, yeah, you know, this is Islam, blah, blah, blah. And they said, these, these people are ignorant. They don't even know their religion properly. But he got interested mm. and he became Muslim. And his family not being Muslims, that was very strange to them. Was, okay, what did you get yourself into? 
So he became Muslim and he started learning Quran through Sad Quran, and you know he had his own Sheikh, you know, and this family basically adopted him. Okay, they, they they basically adopted him mm. and they they took they took him as as their son, you know, and uh, after becoming Muslim, a um, few years, three or four years after, he met my mom. My mom was already Muslim mm. from father and mother. And, uh, she also from the same tribe or different? No, from 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 the Bamun tribe. Okay, so my mom's my my, my my mom's father is from the Bamun tribe, okay. but her mother is originally from Kano in Nigeria. Okay. okay. So my great grandfather from my mother's side, from her mom, yeah. is Hausa from Kano. Okay. Okay. And her and her father, mom's father, yeah. he's from the Bamun tribe. So what was the reaction of your father's tribe? You know, like because they they don't know what Islam is, yeah. and they they're doing their ancestor thing. Um, did they not really care? Like, okay, or or was they upset that he wasn't doing that? Like, you know, because different tribes are different, right? Yeah. Different people, are different. Some people don't care. Some, Some people, people are like he left our religion. Okay. You know, but, so the but, the from from the the reaction it was because my father didn't know his parents. Yeah, he doesn't know his parents. He he never met them. He died before he was okay, born. Okay, okay. So he lived with his grandmother. So his grandmother would like, you know, it's like, are you crazy or something? Are you going to leave, you know, the religion of our forefathers and go yeah. to something that is very much foreign, you know? Mm. And she didn't really like him going out again mm. because he would go and, you know, work and come back, see her. And she didn't really like him going out because, Subhanallah. yeah, she, she, it, it was very weird for her. But it, but it wasn't to a... To the extent where people are but fighting. But she didn't like disown him or... She didn't disown him, but the, 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 the thing she did was, usually you have, uh, when someone dies, they appoint like a successor. Mm. Someone to like basically represent you after you die. Mm. So, he wasn't, he, 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 his grandmother didn't put him as her successor because she knew, okay, if I die, he's not going to do what we do. The whole, the whole oh, skull man. thing. So she didn't, she didn't put him mm. as, a, as a successor, but he wasn't like, Disowning kind of thing, mm -hmm. like okay, you're not my son anymore. It was, it wasn't to that extent. It wasn't to that extent. But as every single family, or many of fam many, many, many families, especially that tribe, mm. because they're very much attached to their, to their, to their culture, yeah, yeah. to their practices, you know. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't. So, so now you you going back to um, the tribe, giving them dawah. Mm. What's their reception? Are they? Do they give you positive, negative? Do they listen? How is it? Like I said, go, going to Cameroon, although this is my tribe, I was still experimenting how to go about them. Mm. And I needed someone because I don't speak the language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't speak the language. You know, I forgot okay. the language. I don't, I don't speak it anymore. So I was looking for someone who knows the tradition, someone who studied Islam properly, and someone that is ready to give that out to his own people. Mm. And I found it in that man. SubhanAllah. So he's someone that he knows, he knows, because he used to practice it, yeah. he, he knows what they do, he knows how it works, you know? you know. But you, even before you went, this is what you were searching for. That's what I was searching for. You know, wallahi bro, you know what happened? A similar thing happened to me, right? I was going to Sierra Leone, like after becoming Muslim, mm -hmm. obviously I found Islam, I was looking into Islam, I was already in Sierra Leone, you know? So... A few years after I came to Islam, I went back to Sierra Leone with the intention, I want to find someone who I can work with to do dawah. And yeah. I was searching for two weeks, couldn't find anyone I trusted. Just as I'm leaving, 
I bump into a Sierra Leonean guy from my local mosque in Manchester. Allah. I said, what are you doing here? He said, my grandfather established like 96 schools. We're trying to refurbish them. We're trying to do... The I was like, subhanAllah, look at it. Mashallah. You know, when you have good intentions, right? Mm -hmm. SubhanAllah, you know this. Allah just really Finds supports way, yeah. you. And, yeah. and it comes from places you don't even imagine. No, no. So you find this, this sheikh. Yes, and, what, um, yeah, and he's already doing it. He's already, he's already doing it. Mm. He's already doing it. Although his, his da'wah right now is very much in the beginning because he came back to Cameroon in 2019, 2019, so two years ago. And um, his da'wah is not very much established at the moment, but this is what he's planning to do. Mm. And as I was telling you previously, his goal in his because you, you, you have to understand, when people become Muslim, because there are Muslims, there are people that became Muslim from that tribe. Yeah. How many? But many or? Not many, no. not many. But so this this is what he's doing right now. He's trying to get this pe the people from different villages of that particular tribe mm. to you guys. Let's come together and talk to us. Because many times when people become Muslim from that tribe, they get rejected. Mm. And because they get rejected, they basically isolate themselves from the, yeah. from the you, family. You told me this, this tribe is also very unique in a way that it's very rich. Very, yeah, and they got, they got they, that. They got you know what you was telling me, right? And you can tell the people listening. It reminded me what the Yahud do. Mm -hmm. It actually reminded me of the system. This Bamileke tribe, they are very much conservative. They're very much conservative. So one of the examples, as I was telling you, is uh, let's say one village. We're all from one village. And some of us live in Douala or in the capital city. Some of us live in the UK, for example, in Birmingham or in London. Okay, we find everybody from our tribe that lives in the UK, and we do like a like a meeting, monthly meeting, weekly meeting, and we raise money. Okay, those in Africa, those those in Cameroon, for example, they have businesses. Okay, they have uh, schools. They have, uh, so they, they're in different sectors of the society. So, we put ourselves in a group. Every single month, you give like 100 pounds, he gives 100 pounds, 100 pounds, everybody gives 100 pounds, and then at the end of each month, we give it to one person. And he can start funding his own business. So when he starts his business, maybe he's doing plumbing, okay? The next one, we give it to the next person. And this guy is doing in, uh, I don't know, wholesale, or he sends the market, or he's doing a different business anyway. So what they do is to keep the wealth between themselves. Mm. For example, a person, I want to build a house. I don't need to look far. I have mm. a person from my tribe yeah, yeah. that is a plumber. So basically just keep all the money just in the tribe. Just keep the money in. Yeah, yeah. To the extent that, you know, Chinese are very big in Africa. Mm. They're, they're everywhere. But... When you go to that land, to that Bamileke tribe, you're not going to find a Chinese, sh a, a Chinese shop. It's, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Chinese tried to come, but they were like, guys, we're not buying from you. Yeah. We're, we're not, so even if it's more rich. expensive, we're not buying from you. Yeah. Chinese products are very much cheap yeah. in, in Africa, but they, they didn't succeed in that, in that particular part of the country. So the wealth, they know how to make wealth. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times people have never been to Africa. They don't know how rich Africa is. Like you know, the the imagine people just living in like little huts. Nam, nam. They don't realize. We were speaking about it last night. It's it's phenomenal. The the amount of wealth and and, and wealthy tribes, wealthy people. And um, Subhanallah, it'd be interesting. You know, I I I hope Allah. I ask Allah to to guide, guide them to Islam. I mean, I mean.
Um, Honestly, the 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 plan of of this sheikh of this ustad is uh, is amazing. And go the the let's, let's going back to the whole people accepting Islam from that tribe. They accept Islam, but many times they don't stay Muslims. Mm. They don't stay Muslim. Why? Because they don't learn. Mm -hmm. They don't learn why because they don't have institutions to to progress in Islam like that. Mm. So what his plan is, and what my plan was as well, is to build schools, madrasas, to actually, because this, this is how Islam works. Yeah. It's, it's not just give that hour and then you leave and exactly. you expect the person to start searching. In the UK, you might do that. Someone might has internet. You can find information yeah, very easily. Yeah, but even in the UK, you know? it doesn't work like that. You know, it's, you, need, you need proper structured madrasas, no, education. I mean, someone some, some, some yeah. might say, I found Islam, but mm. myself, and then I was, I was researching it because he has the resources to do that. Yeah. But this person lives in a village, he lives yeah. somewhere where there's no, not that much Muslims. The Muslims are very much ignorant. And when he's, he, he just doesn't find anyone to, you know, basically take him through step by step. Yeah. So when the man was, when, when I was talking to him, we spoke for about five hours hmm. from like after Maghrib to like uh, maybe two hours before, before Fajr. Speaking about what his plan, what, what his vision is in that hour. And he was putting much or a lot of emphasis on building schools, mm. Islamic schools. It's important to take rivets in, teach them, mm. and they can go back to the different villages. Definitely. Okay, and that's how Islam grows. Definitely. You know. You know, and, and it's funny when I told you my idea. It's, it's, it was very really similar. It's the same, yeah. Yeah. You know, and anyone who's really travelled around Africa, and you want to do dawah, you know, there's only one way. You know, you'd have to go back to the traditional way, even mm -hmm. even the details of it. You know, we were speaking about the law. The law, yeah. You know, is the law Habit. is like a, a, a piece of wood where they traditionally write the was right and they memorize the Quran through through writing. Mm -hmm. The scholars say the memory's in the elbow. No question. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I've actually encouraged charities not to send Qurans, yeah. the Mus'haf, to Africa. And people are like, what are you talking about? Like, how can that be a, not a good thing? Mm -hmm. You know, giving people free Quran. The reason is, you're changing the system. Yeah. You know, for 1,200, 1,300 years, no, not everyone had a mushaf in the hand. You know, printing is a fairly modern thing, right? Yeah, I remember me growing up, we didn't have mushafs. Yeah. We didn't have mushafs. I left Cameroon when I was uh, around 16, 17. Mm. Okay. And... All that time we didn't we we had we had those tied Nurania, you know those yeah, yeah, small yeah. yeah. We had it maybe it. four years before I left. But from zero to like about ten or eleven years old, we were doing the law. We'd yeah. take it. So it's like as you said, yeah. a piece of wood, you know, it's not hundred you start writing with your own hand mm. and you when when you go and you know yeah, when yeah. you're not read it, swipe it up. Yeah, yeah. And then Yeah. Do it again. And, and you I, go to the source really like that. Think, I really I'm I'm a big uh Fan of, of bringing that back yeah. and, and and reviving that tradition because it works. Mm -hmm. It works. You no, know, when not, you look not. at the the real uh, you know uh, people, the, the scholars who are known for Quran, like Okasha, like yeah. uh, Brother Sheikh Jamal in uh, UK, you know UK, people yeah. who memorize Kiraat and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's in it's on their tongue. They don't have to think. It's flowing. You know, and and to get to that level, you know. Uh, these things are very helpful. And, uh, you know, again, just coming back to the madrasa, 
madrasas. You know, especially with the madrasas. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would say, I would say, sending Quran to Africa is not a bad idea, but don't do it in madrasas. Don't, don't start distributing yeah, yeah. in the madrasas. Still keep that tradition. Yeah, yeah. for the masajid, yes, yeah. put it the, on the shelf, people come yeah. and read it like that. That's yeah. not a madrasa. That's someone that's, yeah, you yeah. know, he's on a go, he's waiting for the salah. But if people start using it. But if you it. start using it for the madrasas now, yeah. you give it in the madrasas, you change it's the like system. the next thing now is apps. Phones. People you, don't have even a mushaf. You don't even so now we're like, no, take a mushaf is better than the app. Aywa. You know, it's like, so it's it's kind of like every 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 generation is changing, getting diluted. But yeah, I mean, you know, when we look at the traditional way of how Islam uh, survived, uh, preserved the deen. You know, man, that's the way, man. It was in you know, it's that traditional scholarship. You know, you take ijazah. You, you, you learn Quran, you know, law, mm -hmm. these type of tools, very effective. And I really, I really would like to see that yeah, preserved. Yeah. And, and the thing in Africa is they still have it. Yeah, they, no, they, still, have it. they still have it. It's not gone. And some countries, I've shown you that madrasa um, I was helping with in Sierra Leone, yeah, yeah. they're still on the law. They're still on the law. Very important, in my opinion. I think very, very No, I, I, I totally agree with that. Like it. you go to countries like Mauritania. You can't even find a mushaf in the, in the mosque, bro. One brother was saying he was looking for a mushaf. There's no mushaf. Couldn't find it. He asked the imam, he brought a kid and said, sit with him and give him what he wants. You know, that's what we're talking about. That's, you know, inshallah, you know, we ask Allah to make our our children, our, Ameen, our, our Ameen. offspring at that level. I mean, yeah, the, I think the law is a... Is, is a is, is a very important tool, man. It's a very important tool. I mean, you know, I mean, even in people in the UK now, you know, you can get your kids using the apps. Even if you got, you got iPad. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can do it on that. Just, just don't do it. Writing. You know, use it, the it iPad. It makes people look. lazy, man. It makes yeah. people lazy. Yeah. It makes people lazy. Even, even those Qaeda books, people would not even do that with them. We would do it, the Alif Bata, yeah. we write it ourselves. Because, you know, I was thinking, and I said to you the other day, I was like, okay, we've memorized, I've memorized parts of the Quran, not the whole Quran, mm -hmm. obviously. But, um, how I thought to myself, how much of it could I actually write in Arabic correctly? Like, uh, I'm serious, bro. Like, yeah. I, you know, Not realistically, much. okay, you memorize it, but how well have you memorized it? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that shows the importance of writing yourself. The visual. Yeah. You know, well, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. So, um, so what's the plan now? You know, you're going back to the UK now. Um, you've got the sheikh over there who's yeah. who's started. What's the plan? Is he does he have a madrasa at the moment? My plan right now because right now he's just teaching masajid, so he has like a monthly program in the capital, mm -hmm. and he has a, he has a, he has this tiny masjid, a very tiny masjid. Is he can't even fit fifty people, I would say, or maybe mm -hmm. forty people. You know, that's where he gives the, he gives the khutbah, and he has he has a masajid that he teaches in, but again. You know the 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 leading the leading Islamic figures in Cameroon are not from that tribe. Most of them are Hausa people or Fulanis, mm. Fufulde. Okay, so for you to implement what your vision is that way, it's not. Yeah, it's not going to work because they kind of because that, that's not their priority. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. That's not their, that's yeah. not what they're looking for. They're looking for someone to teach. They're looking for someone to. Basically, keep the masjid running because they're also preserving their own tribe as well. Exactly. The same way your tribe is like, okay, yeah. we will spend our money with each other. But the, the 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 thing is, you're teaching yeah. in in those masjid, but then, is for me in my head, I can't figure out 
it's like Muslims just kept themselves to themselves and they never went out. Like they yeah. forgot what the the message of Islam is about, which is about da'wah. Mm. It's about calling people to Islam. You know? Well, at the same time, you, you know, the, the Hausa tribe was not always that big. It absorbed many of the tribes. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Do you yeah, know what I see mean? what you're like, saying. I see so, what you're saying. So they did conquest and things it, like that. You yeah. know, other tribes did come to Islam, but mm -hmm. then they just became Hausa. Yeah. Or you know, now even the Fulani and the Hausa is seen as one thing. In Nigeria, yes. In yeah. Nigeria, you know. But but I know what you're saying, like, and and this is something that happens all over the world. Mm -hmm. You know, Muslims get complacent with their own. You know, religion. Yeah, and, and they, they stop giving dawah to. They stop giving dawah to other people. And even worse, they say, "Okay, we have to get all the Muslims practicing before we give dawah to the." Which doesn't make no, any you sense. See a parallel. You those those Muslims. Your kids are their friends. Yeah. They're affecting them. Yeah. They are. Some, some brothers their can give dawah to non-Muslims. Some brothers can give dawah. No to question. Muslims. No question. Yeah. I mean, the the best of both worlds. So, mm. what what he's doing now is uh, he's he's still finding his way, mm. but. His main plan right now is, like I told you, is opening the madrasa. Sure. Open the madrasa. Open the madrasa where you get people from different villages. You know, even if you have to work with the chiefs, you know, yeah. go there because at the end of the day, you're a son of that tribe. You're, yeah. you're a son of the of, of that of, of of that of that clan. You know, yeah. you go there, you present yourself. Look, I'm I'm a son of from of, of, of this village. Yeah. I become Muslim, and I have projects. I have my contribution mm -hmm. to give to the. It doesn't because if they understand Islam, they understand what you came with. Alish, yeah. Of course, it's going to be difficulties and things yeah, like yeah. that. But the plan is right now to raise some money to get funding to basically push his da'wah and get the school first. Mm. He has, he has a, he has, he has knowledge. Mashallah. He has knowledge because he, like I said, he's a doctor in Osuda. His, you know, thesis, his, his thesis. Do you have a? Do you have a? Have you started fundraising for this? I haven't. I haven't. Yet. I haven't. Are you going to set up anything? I'm definitely going to do that. Set up, set up a launch. Definitely. Good, definitely set up a launch good, and we'll we're going to put the link below the video yeah. once the launch good is ready. Inshallah. You know, and if you want to support this dawah, you know, support Nuruddin in 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 the dawah in uh, in Cameroon. Um, it's one of them countries that. Certainly in the English-speaking world is not spoken about because yeah. we don't have loads of Cameroonians because obviously because it being mostly French colony, mm -hmm. you know, most of the Africans in, in the UK or in, 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 uh, in, in America will be from English-speaking yeah. African countries. Yeah. So, you know, like many people go to Nigeria, the Nigeria Australia, yeah. uh, Gambia, yeah, Ghana. Those English-speaking countries, yes. We would never think of going to Cameroon, Cameroon because yeah. we don't speak French, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's important to remember these things, that there's, there's, there's six million Muslims in, in Cameroon. You six know? million. Six million Muslims. That's a lot of Muslims, man. Yeah. You know, and subhanAllah, you know, if we can, if we can get a madrasa and support this, mm -hmm. you know, and you want to support it, click on the link. We'll put the link, inshallah. Uh, we'll put the link before the, the video is released. Yeah. And if you want to support it, support it. Support hey. Nuruddin. No. And, you know, inshallah, you know, hopefully I can join you on this. I'll, I'll, I'll I would love to have you in the Indian. You know, I'll come and uh, visit you and, and we'll come down there. Maybe Bilal can join us as well. Inshallah, yeah. You know, and, and we, you know, because the interest is there in Africa. You know, as I said, for me, it's where I found out, where I found Islam, and um, you know, I feel that I, you know, I have a, 
have to have to support somehow. You know, the the, the way I, I think many times about it is look, I would say Africa is the future, and many of the non-Muslims understood it. They invest there, they make money there. There's natural resources and so on and so forth. But Muslims should do the same thing. Mm. It's a very much virgin continent at the moment mm. in terms of deen. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about sub-Saharan Africa, generally speaking. That's, 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 yeah. where, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. So the same way the non-Muslims, they go there for invest, investment business and, and all this making money, I would say the Muslims should look at Africa as well. Yeah. You know, because it's a... There's potential. Yeah. To be honest, there's potential. Alhamdulillah, there's potential. And especially in Cameroon, that specific tribe I'm telling you about, they, they have power. Mm-hmm. They have monetary power. And, going, and for, for me, it's not, even about, it's, it's not even about asking for too much. If these people understand Islam, the moment they, they love it, the moment they accept it, they put the money down. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at like, Political campaigns, for example, if they support a party, mm. they give millions. Yeah, yeah. They give billions mm. of francs, you know, to, mm. to, to, to support that. Subhanallah, if bro. they accepted Islam, bro, mm. I, went, I went to this place, to this park. It's like a national park. Mm. This place is like maybe three or four hectares. The guy built it and it's a very beautiful place, man. It's, a, it's, it's nice. Mm. That's just for tourism. Mm. That's just for his money. Mm. And when I was speaking to that doctor, he was like, Imagine our people will put the money in the DAO. Do you think we would need money from from our side? We wouldn't need money from our side. Nice to see you again. And uh, may Allah grant you success. Yeah, nah, we, we, you we have other things to talk about. We, yeah, yeah. we, we do something else, you know. Inshallah. Inshallah. Go on, like the, the video, share it, subscribe. I hope you got some benefit. I love this topic. I love anything about DAO, anything about Africa. And um, share the video. And we're going to put the link. You know, support the campaign. Inshallah, let's try. Baby. Let's see what happens. Maybe yeah. you guys will raise the money for the school, and they can get started with inshallah. the dawah, inshallah. And uh, also support the channel. The links are in, in the in the in the below. Jazakallah khair. Salam alaykum wa barakatuh.